0: Welcome to my new podcast called Chronic Relief. Um, I'm here with Mike Glazer. Honored to have him. He's a very funny comedian and a friend and a a lover of weed, just like myself. Thanks for coming.
1: What up? Thanks for having me. This is a huge honor. Well,
0: you know, I did your podcast with Mary Jane Weed and Grub, and basically... I wanted to kind of just create a conversation about mental health and cannabis and comedy, which are all things, you know, we all are a part of. And um, I just wanted to kind of create a conversation about it because I feel in particular to mental health, I guess, like people are kind of still afraid to talk about it, right?
1: Yeah, it's weird. This is cool for me because I feel like for me, um, smoking, getting high, whatever, is such a safe space for my brain. So yeah. now I feel like, okay, I'm in a safe space outside of my brain right. with you. It's good.
0: Yeah. I mean, for me personally, like my, um, you know, everyone connects to the plant differently, but I uh, I use cannabis for anxiety and depression, something that I live with. I don't like to say I struggle with it because it is something that I live with. I like to, I don't want to be a victim of uh, my circumstance. I guess it's all about however you look at things, perspective, right? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I, I live with that personally, and I found that cannabis and comedy have been, like, really good outlets for me um, as a way to express myself, right?
1: Which came first?
0: Uh, Weed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, always. <laughs> what about for you?
1: I mean, I well, always— Well, I mean, I did
0: improv as a kid, so I guess, like, I always—the whole c- performance side was there, but then, you know, as I got older, I started smoking— so
1: Yeah, and then they all came together. Right. Got what it. about you? Um I mean I've always used comedy to protect myself against getting hurt. So right. It, it comedy was first. Like growing up as a little kid. Of course. Oh, just trying to be funny so I didn't have to feel anything. So nice. I can so relate to that. So I think a nice. lot of people can
0: really. It's kind of like, yeah, I mean, I think people use different emotions for coping mechanisms, but like humor has always just kind of been an easy go-to for, I guess, people like us comedians, right?
1: Yeah. Where did you grow up? St. Louis, Missouri.
0: oh I, Oh, yeah. I remember you telling me that and then like thinking I would never expect you to grow up somewhere in like the middle of the country i guess
1: um like it's the home of like lunch meat and american cheese sandwiches (laughs) every day for lunch oh my god and watching tv so
0: very american
1: yeah oh red white and blue
0: wow yeah and uh comedy came into your life at what age
1: my first concert was weird al (laughs) no, <laughs> and I love classic. Like my parents are my parents are good people, and I loved Weird Al growing up, and I couldn't stop singing his songs. And he came to a place called the Fox Theater, and I remember seeing him disappear off stage, and I was like, "What do you mean that's it?" And then he came back wearing the Michael Jackson fat <laughs> suit to sing "Fat," his oh parody of fat. and I lost my mind. I begged my parents to buy me a Weird Al concert shirt. And then I wore it to school every day for months.
0: I, I loved Weird Al too. Growing up. I mean, I just remember Weird Al being different. So crazy than anything else I had ever seen. You know what I mean? He made me feel normal, I yeah. guess, or at least like more <laughs> comfortable to like, I jammed out, like, don't go, don't go making phony calls. Like Absolutely. classic, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, see, like as a kid, you know, to have someone like Weird Al to look, you know, look up to and be, you know, an idol, I guess, was yeah. not many. It's not like every kid loved Weird Al, right? No, like it was a very was... particular group of kids, I feel like. hundred
1: percent. Yeah. Everybody else is like, oh, what do you think about like Genuine or something? Yeah. And just like, sure. Great. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but I just I needed that access point to comedy because watching like Jim Carrey, I, I was like, oh, I can never do what he does. I just love him so much. But then the familiarity of hearing parody songs. Right. Made it. Made me able to be like, oh, I think you can do this because there's no like he's taking that something that's already been made and making it funny. You don't have to be born with a rubber face and elastic arms necessarily.
0: Right? Yeah. I mean, he. I love. I mean, Weird Al. Shout out to him. One day we'll get him on chronic relief. He hopefully. should be. He should do. He this. should be here. He yeah. should be here. I. I mean, that's the thing about comedy is like, you know, it brings joy to so many different kinds of people and. Just being yourself. I mean, that's ultimately who. Well, he was himself impersonating other people's songs. <laughs> I guess. Let's get into but that. Even, but that's but that's the thing. Is he he he? That's who what he did and what he was good at. And you know, and yeah, he became great at it. So
1: I do think that our stage personas are pretty much us. Like, yeah. there isn't much of a difference between when we walk on stage and walk off. Right.
0: We're very consistent to, like, who we are. I mean, I have days on stage, like, I was... I wanted to get a, l- a little bit into this. Like, I've had... You know, like, do you ever... I mean, this is kind of like a, a like a setup, but, like, you have bad days where you have to still get up and
1: perform. Like Dane Cook said, I've never bombed. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Quoting Dane Cook, I love it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I... I like... I it's I there's just some days that like I'm just like I'm in a bad mood or I'm like down or whatever and I just like I still have to get up and perform and then like afterwards after I get off stage I feel so much better and so glad that I pushed myself and because when you're a comic and you're getting up there and you may be in a bad mood to get that laugh is like such a form of release and like like therapeutic in a sense fuck yes that when you get off stage it's like that it's almost like after working out that like high of like oh i feel so good like top
1: of the world almost do you sweat every day
0: am i sweating right now not at all oh i God. just
1: like when you talk What's about working glow? out i was like shit i don't oh, know when the oh, last I time like, i, am sweated I sweating? was
0: um well i mean to, like, to you be take honest care of yourself yeah i do work i found that um exercise does a lot for my mind
1: yeah yeah. As soon as I started smoking weed while lifting weights and exercising, yeah. everything was way more. Do you fun. lift weights? I did a lot, and I haven't in Weren't a while. Were you an athlete
0: as yeah, a kid? For sure. Yeah.
1: And but and then but smoking weed and being really aware of my body right. as it was, you know, exerting itself. Love it.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think smoking weed and working out do go hand in hand um, when when used appropriately. I guess um, both. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I, I, I know people who smoke and work out and those, and like, for instance, like I grew up when I was, I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was five years old. So I started taking pharmaceuticals from a very young age, but I also was very athletic, um, played sports my whole life. And then when I was 24, I came off pharmaceuticals and just started using cannabis and working out and like going to therapy when I could afford it or whatever, um, to kind of manage my emotions. So what has what have you found that helps you? Kind of like just what is your outlets? What do you do to take care of yourself?
1: A lot of the same. I think the one thing. Well, ooh, this is a loaded question. We're gonna get deep so quick. Holy <laughs> shit! Do you want me to call you Rachel or Wolfie on this?
0: Whatever you want.
1: All right. Whatever you like. Rachel Wolfie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is deep. See, even there, I'm like making jokes instead of being vulnerable. No, I like How... it. How apropos. But
0: that's. But I mean, but that is. I do that too. I think a lot of people do that. You yeah. know, it's our it's our defense mechanism. Yeah. I mean, yeah, what, well, what well, do like, you do?
1: I mean, I haven't even always been aware of what I just did automatically. It took a long time just to check in with myself to know, oh, that's what you're doing. Maybe that's not healthy. Maybe you should be a little more raw. And I wasn't diagnosed with anything and I was never on pharmaceuticals growing up. Um, I had something happen in my 20s where I did end up having to start taking um, some medicine because my brain chemistry changed. I don't know how much I want to get into all of it, but let's just say it's under control now. Totally. And uh, cannabis has been a huge, huge part of that. Well, that's my point. Yeah. yeah,
0: Exactly. I mean, I
1: guess I can... I don't know how to dance around it without saying it, but like, I just had some episodes where I freaked out and stayed up for like a very long time. Totally. You can probably Google what all that means. And I... um, (laughs) You know, I'm still coming to terms with it, but uh, therapy, uh, medicine to make sure I didn't have episodes, and a lot of weed has actually helped me take less pharmaceuticals.
0: Honestly, thank you so much for sharing that with me. I can so relate to that on such a, like, real level, and I think a lot of people can. Like, the thing about mental health and talking about it is everyone has mental health. We all have brains. We all, you know, at some point in everyone's lives experience, you know, something that causes us to maybe need extra help, whatever form that comes in. And I don't, I still, you know, in today's world in 2019, don't understand why, like, we require, you know, dentist checkups and like, um, eye doctor once a year and, um, you know, going to the, um, like to the pediatrician or whatever. But like, why don't we check in with our minds at least once a year? Like why, not like a requirement, but why isn't it encouraged within our culture and our society? And and I feel like, you know, just having someone to talk to who isn't directly involved in your life is so healthy.
1: Um, I think like, especially, okay. So I don't know how to say it without saying it. So when I was diagnosed as bipolar, there we go, done, it's out. How old were you? Uh, I was just in my twenties, okay, and so
0: because I was twelve
1: when you were diagnosed with yes. bipolar, mm-hmm. yeah. So I it, it destroyed a lot of relationships and a lot of career things. I was on some great trajectories with a lot of comedy stuff, and when I started like just totally self-destructing and not understanding why, or even being aware that it was a problem, like that's when I started um, going to sliding scale therapy, and that helped me a ton. But I think.
0: What is sliding scale therapy?
1: Sliding scale is pay what you can. Okay. So it's like, yo, you can't afford the therapist of the stars for 300 bucks. How much money do you have? How much can you afford per week?
0: Do Was you... that helpful?
1: Yeah, because it gave me an opportunity to um, pay what I could afford.
0: That's awesome. They had that resource for you.
1: Yeah. Because
0: therapy is so expensive. It's so expensive. And a lot of insurances don't cover the therapist that you feel comfortable going to. Yeah.
1: Crazy. Crazy. Crazy important. But uh, not but. And I, I feel like there are like transitional moments in everyone's life where something like therapy or something like talking to other people is so supremely helpful, whether it's graduating college, whether it's starting high school, whether it's your kids are gone and now you have an empty nest. Well,
0: did you know, in the Catholic Church, you actually have to start going to therapy before you get married i think believe i believe before you get married you go you start going to a therapist and or you start seeing the priest or whatever yeah which is like why don't they do that in general like why don't we have you know and it's true you have yeah you have to i'm pretty sure i'm gonna have to like fact check it but like i someone i was watching on tv the other day they're getting married in the catholic church and they have to start going to like couples or married you know seeing the priest or whatever once a week or yeah so which i think is very smart um and I, so you started going to therapy, like, and... And meetings. And meetings, and you found that to be helpful.
1: Uh, the meetings more than anything, because I was Was real, it a
0: group, like, being around other people? Yeah, group?
1: either bipolar 1, bipolar 2, whatever it was. Um, just going to those meetings once a week and straight up talking to people openly and without apology, or just listening. Listening really fucking helped, and... Um, cause I just felt insane. So, and really ashamed too. So between those two things, going to a meeting like that and then going to therapy and figuring out the meds and then, um, smoking hella weed, like everything got better. And then my career was better than ever. Comedy was funnier. Uh, I didn't hate myself as much. And, uh, and then the other part of it that was bananas was having to like make those phone calls to family and friends and just straight up apologize for some, bad things and some unacceptable things that i had done and they were all like we good and i was like we are good and so family right yeah yeah, you know and so all of those things made me uh made my soul 10 pounds lighter right yeah
0: and so you found that um i mean once you sought help or got guidance or whatever um were you doing comedy at this time
1: yes but it was not enjoyable
0: okay how far into your career were you
1: Um, far enough that there's no turning back. Okay. But it wasn't, I wasn't having a good time because I was so, I'm trying to think of a good, you know, if you don't change the filter in the car air conditioner. Yeah. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, or in your AC even.
1: In your fucking AC. It just like kind of stops working, right? Or it doesn't
0: work the way it's supposed to. Exactly. Or it just like water will bust into your apartment you might have to move not that I've ever had that experience <laughs> 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 Los Angeles apartment 136 <laughs> oh <Uh-oh>, shit
1: all <laughs> no. the shoes on the floor yeah, are ruined no, like just
0: like a like furniture but it's it's uh yeah I mean um that's so true and also I think too when you're in a place in your career because it's very different when you're younger and going through this like and it's kind of like your parents have a little bit more of a control and you don't really know what's going on. But to struggle with mental health as an adult is probably such a different experience because I mean, you know, you're you're farther along in age and in your career, and it's like you know, I forget an I'm adult. an adult. Well, I mean, who, who yeah, who, who the I don't even like that? that term. I'm like who who even said that? But like yeah. you know what I'm saying. So your parents are very supportive. You were able to bounce back. Your comedy was better than ever. Mm-hmm. Were you using cannabis at the time?
1: I was smoking so many joints. Okay, so many joints, like straight up twenty four seven. Right, but not really feeling high. Just it was it, it. You were to the point where it didn't
0: affect. It didn't work the way it should.
1: Yeah, and then I tried dabs, and that actually was terrific. I'm gonna oh. straight up like shout out dabs heavy a, because they were crystal clear. You're a
0: big dab you're not anymore
1: I don't prefer it but at that time I did because it I found like I found clarity in it because it was so clean and also I think there was the habit of just putting like a joint in my mouth was just as much of anything as anything else okay yeah but a dab really like knocked my socks off in a great way
0: what is your smoking like not your smoking process but like how would you how would you describe your ritual of smoking weed
1: Mm, give it to me (laughs)
0: yeah but like do you are you a get up every day smoke weed all day every day kind of person or like how do you use cannabis
1: no i think that uh i finally found a place in my life where it's everything in moderation and what is my day need okay if i'm writing new material you better believe i'm smoking weed right if i'm i have like this is like showbiz shit if i have an audition i'm not going to be high for it okay i want to book that audition and i don't want my eyes to be red and i want them Smart. to feel me as me um and but if i'm like but if it's nighttime and i'm after a show yes i'm going to hit that vape and go on a long walk with my headphones in so it's all like it's when it i love it depends right. i don't i feel like there's a fucking stigma with weed that there's no there's no gray area of its use it's either you're a st- a stoner and you're high all the time mm-hmm. or it's not something that you use and that's so stupid right it's so foolish to it's think that just
0: very stereotypical of the culture of you know smoking weed until you know within the past couple of years where people realize everyone ha- a lot of people smoke weed and they're not stoners per se and i think there is you know from us kind of being in the same industries and at least kind of seeing the new culture of weed that's emerging and just like there is this um the overconsumption does bother me yeah. and I'm not going to be, I mean, I am a hypocrite cause that's the the world we live in where it's a very hypocritical world. But I, I, there are some days where I do smoke weed all day, every day. And then there are some days or some things that I agree. I'm like, maybe I shouldn't be high for this or I shouldn't be as high or whatever. And I think that the whole element of like smoke as much weed as you can, everyone should smoke weed no matter what is wrong. And it's going to do us and our industry and you know, a disservice. Yeah. And I do think people will end up getting hurt in a sense of um, you know, having bad experiences with cannabis and then ruin thus ruining their, you know, their view on it.
1: Absolutely. And well, so, yeah. I that's why when you were telling me about this, I was like, "Fuck yeah. This is this is what we should be doing when it comes to federal regulation like everything because all I see on my Instagram explore is people like putting their whole mouth around some dab rig and hitting, you know, some gooey pound. Giant dab. And I'm like, yo, this has 2 million views and there is a place for that. And yeah. it is funny and it is cool. But if that's all you see, that's a problem. Well,
0: that's, but that's exactly like, I mean, there, that's the, you know... I'll get comments under videos and stuff. You're not even hitting it right. You're wasting so much weed. Like, who cares? Like, smoke. I smoke how I want to smoke. I'm very high. Thank you for your concern. <laughs> <laughs> but also, you know, like, there, if 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 people were out there doing that with alcohol, we would be alarmed, you yeah. know? And, oh my and I God, think, yeah. you know, I think that there, there is the other side of the conversation and us in the industry and – as people who people look up to in the weed space that we do have to have these conversations and be okay with not everyone needs to smoke weed and not everyone smokes weed the same and not everyone uses cannabis, you know, the same way as the next person. And,
1: um, pop a low dose edible on your way home from work. Yeah. It'll kick in by the time it's dinner and you're ready to cook. You'll be feeling great.
0: Yeah. I mean, every, yeah. I mean, everyone has their own, um, experience for. And that's the other thing that I get. I do get questions and people who want to talk about like my coming off pharmaceuticals. And my thing is, is like, I'm not going to sit here and say everyone should be pharmaceutical free. I think that's very dangerous. And I think pharmaceuticals do have a place. And I think that it's irresponsible for me to just stand up there and be like, everyone should smoke weed, fuck your fuck your pills and whatever. And I just went where my stance is, is find what works for you
1: mm-hmm.
0: and literally just be relentless about that and like don't worry about what other people you know are telling you what to what they think you should do you know be open but also just find you know what you know what works for you exactly. and that's where other people I think get into the it gets a little dangerous where people see people like us smoking weed in our pictures and everything and they think it's okay for them to do that and it may not be you know
1: yeah you've got to know who you are yeah right
0: i mean we're our own guinea pigs that's the thing about cannabis is like we haven't we haven't had like a a testing facility (laughs) testing out these products we've been our own guinea pigs and that's how it's been for the longest time we've been able to find what works for us right
1: totally um i will say when i go to therapy high yeah. Uh, do you I, go to therapy I, high? Yeah, for sure. do you love it? I love it that to me,
0: do you find it helps you open up?
1: Yeah, because I get out of my own way. like okay. I feel like my my uh ego kind of takes a back seat to the ride, okay, you know, like I, I feel love that. I feel like it it, it hits cruise control Does just, your like, therapist
0: know you're high?
1: uh yeah i'll be upfront about it and
0: they're just like
1: because otherwise it feels like a secret
0: okay you know? i know and then you're all paranoid during your thing like do they know yeah it's like having nipple rings they know, they know everything <laughs> they know your soul <laughs> <laughs> exactly. like at least you paid them to <laughs> that's how I,
1: feel. I feel like i walk in there sometimes and i sit down and they just have one thing written in their notebook from the very first meeting and they're just waiting for me to get there right because they they have me clocked oh, from oh god the get. they
0: have you figured out yeah
1: so, so were funny. you mad that you were on farmers? I would be mad if I was put on something at well, five years old. here's
0: the thing. That's another conversation that I think, you know, isn't really ha- – like, it's – what about, what. – doesn't that seem wrong a little bit?
1: I, I, I don't know how you were, so I I don't mean, know. but
0: that's the thing, too, is now as an adult, it's easy for me to sit here and be like, well, you know, <laughs> what were they thinking? But also, like, I can only imagine, like, how rambunct – like, I probably – displayed some characteristics that made them but i also think that my parents were part of the medication generation that were manipulated by the pharmaceutical industries um you know and kind of preyed on on parents that that had kids that were different yeah and i really think that a lot of it like i just had a hard time in school growing up like i was always very smart i tested you know my test scores were very high obviously <laughs> but like i was you know i i always ha- i was always smart a- according to these like you know tests that they made you take um but i just had a hard time sitting still and i i i didn't i was bored yeah you know and i think that a lot of kids can relate to that and i think that that's why a lot of us from our generation ended up on medication so young right so as i'm older I, I i couldn't do it i couldn't put my kid on a but i don't i'm not a parent so it's easy for me to sit here and say something like that i think my parents were trying to do the best that they thought they were doing but i also think that they were manipulated by an industry um and i ne- didn't necessarily need to be on a lot of those medications 100 percent. so um and kids to this day i mean I, look a five i mean i was yeah i was very young that's five i, I can't imagine i look at a five year old and
1: can you walk at five yeah you can walk at okay. five i mean uh you're a little person
0: you are a little person Got it. so I've never
1: even held a baby. Really? Yeah. So oh my like, god. When you say five, I'm scrambling. Next in time my you mind. come in
0: here, I'm gonna get you high and make you handle babies. We gotta get in, get you in a padded room or something. That would be such a funny sounds video. Like
1: fucking Jimmy Fallon. Get from Glazer hell. high, and instead of
0: just like a room full of puppies, it's just a room full of newborns. And I feel like, would you have a panic attack? Yes. Or, yeah. I feel like I I would too personally. I would be like, this is my nightmare. Like, what have I? Oh. Who have I wronged?
1: I see people scoop up babies without thinking twice. I'm like, how? No. How did what you do wrong? that? What is wrong What is wrong with
0: you? <laughs> no, that's uh yeah, you break it, you buy it. That's yes. um uh yeah, no. I I can't even imagine having kids right now. No. It frightens me quite frankly.
1: I used to have a joke where it was uh um Oh, I um it, yesterday sucked. I dropped my iPhone and it cracked. And it was even worse cuz my baby was holding it. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the response oh, I got. That's no. why I stopped doing it.
0: That's so fun I mean, I love it. So I uh yeah, mm. that's hilarious. I mean, I love any baby killing jokes. Sure. I'm sorry. Well, to all the moms out there.
1: I mean come
0: on. That won't be listening to this podcast. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Um so yeah, so what um what makes you happy?
1: Hmm, good question. Uh it's tricky because what really makes me happy is pouring myself into something I love and finishing it. But it gets tricky because what also makes me really happy about that is the spite that fueled it and then how I feel like I crushed my enemies with okay. it. And <laughs> that makes me really happy. With a thousand happy. swords. With a thousand fucking <laughs> swords. It feels good to, it feels like I'm pretty fueled by spite and it feels great when I feel like I, I took land.
0: I can relate to that on like, I can so relate to that. Like when you complete a project or when you see something come to fruition that you put everything into, I feel like it's in spite of myself almost too, that like I was my own greatest enemy of convincing myself I couldn't do it. Yeah. You know? Totally. And like, that's the person I want to prove wrong mostly is myself. It was like my hating self.
1: <laughs> do you have more self-doubt than I think?
0: Oh yeah. I have a little oh, self-doubt. I see, I hide it. I think I hide it or I cope with it by doing the, the um, there's a, a skill I learned in therapy, which is like the opposite action of like what you want to be. So like normally I want to like hide or stay at home or like call out or whatever. So I counter it by doing what I should exactly be doing, if that makes sense. Yeah. And and so that's how I cope with my self-doubt is I just force myself to do the thing that I don't think I can do if that makes sense cuz I know fear sense. is an illusion, right? Yeah. And like I think a lot of people struggle with their inner demon, right? Their inner it's an inner roommate almost the one that like just like doesn't pay rent but like is living rent-free in your head, you know? Yeah. And I fucking hate that person and he just won't get out, but There's, it's like you know, you got to you got to like Self-talk, I think, is important.
1: Yeah. Uh, I hate that demon.
0: I mean, I have days... It, de- it it truly, truthfully depends on the day. Like, some days I have more self-doubt than others, like, particularly around my cycle, TMI. But, like, I think there are other days where I'm like, nobody can fuck with me except for myself, right? That's what's up. So, what I, about you?
1: I think we're the exact same, but we're on opposite sides of the coin.
0: Okay, let's hear it.
1: Because I stay home, or I don't do anything, because protect myself by thinking i'm so much fucking better at this than almost everyone else right so what what what's the fucking problem everybody and then i stay home so that instead of going out to like do it and prove it and then i get to protect myself but also talk mad shit
0: that but you know what though that's i'm such a proponent for like if you don't want to do something don't do it like I get that, you know, sometimes you just have to force yourself. But, like, I'm also very much if it doesn't make you happy, don't do it. Like, did you watch Marie Kondo? Uh, I couldn't. The joy of whatever. I couldn't. Okay, so, like, I'm, like, not normally about that. But I did – I'm very open to, like – I'm very open to, like, pretty – I'll hear anything. You know what I mean? And so I watched one episode and – she taught me like how to like go through your stuff you know like how do you get rid of stuff and so particularly with my clothes cuz i have so many clothes and she goes what you do is you go through your clothing each individual item you hold it to yourself and if it sparks joy right you keep it if it doesn't you thank it and you put it aside into a pile and you give it away obviously And so I did it and I gave away 10 bags of clothes Wow! and it made me realize that I would like hold up a t-shirt and I'm like, literally this t-shirt angers me. Why do I own this t-shirt and why have I owned it for years? And why have I made a place in my life for something that doesn't make me happy? And so I thought to myself, I'm like, I probably do that with a lot of things in my life that I just make space for that aren't adding to my life, but I haven't given it a second thought of like, does this bring me happiness? So yeah, I mean, I got rid of 10 bags of clothing and also learned how to fold a crop top. So I, <laughs> listen, I'm sparking joy left and right, but I, I learned a lot from it and it made perfect sense as to like how you hold places for things in your life, right? Yeah. So
1: Oh, I can get behind that. I thought it was about like, I thought it was like hoarders for precious people.
0: It's kind of, it. what it is is like, it's not so much hoarders as it is. These are just people who, like, don't know how to organize. And I guess that is kind of like hoarders. But what she does is she not just teaches them how to do it, but she teaches us, the audience, how we can do it in our lives, which yeah. I think is valuable. So I got, I got some stuff from it.
1: You it's know? like when I first moved here, I got to... Freelance, write monologue jokes for the Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson. Amazing. Amazing. Dream come true. All I've always wanted to do is write for late night and do stand up. That's That's been my dream forever. And as soon as that show ended and Corden took over, we were all let go because it's a new show, you reset. And then that year, the year after that, the year after that, and then the year after that, I applied for the late night writing workshop with NBC. I tried my fucking hardest. I wore my heart on my sleeve. I never even got an interview for it. What? And I was destroyed for, like, weeks after. Like, it just crumbled me, you How know? How did you deal with that? I stopped doing the fucking workshop and stop- and stopped worrying about it because the other side of it was, like, never give up. Keep going. Right. But then I'm, like, inactive and just destroyed for two weeks. So I it- – What you're talking about is so like applicable,
0: right? It that didn't bring you happiness, yeah. Because every time I tried it, it would.
1: I'm putting so much more into it, which makes it not. What you're getting
0: in a return, yeah, that makes sense, right? That should go for anything in your life, right? Totally. I mean, it made for me. I am in the search for happiness. I want to be happy. And I have, but also I want, I want to be realistic too and know that like not everything is going to be, you know, rainbows and butterflies like Adam Levine said. Right. But I am so curious as to, as someone who is a sad person, right? Yeah. What makes people happy and what brings them joy and how do they find it and, or how do they create it and or where, you know, how do they create space for it in their life? So that's why I was like very, very fascinated by it. So my next question is what makes you sad?
1: Hmm. Uh, I don't really understand what we're doing on earth. <laughs> that's a lot. So it's that's... it's big, but it's like, what are we doing?
0: So like as a human, as-
1: I just don't know what I'm doing here. And that's it. So purpose? Yeah. Purpose. Like I have goals. I have dreams. I have a good circle around me that I keep tight and I try yeah. and keep stay loyal to, but- I'm also like, what are we doing? This is silly.
0: Totally. I mean, I think about that on a am so existential. Like, I really like, I'm like, what is the point? Like, we're like what Sarah Silverman said. We're just like specks of dust floating in space. You know what I mean? Like, so true. I mean, to me, I like to think of this life is a gift. Like, the the, the gift to live it's, is a gift itself. Mm-hmm. And to be able to... This is what we have, this experience, right? Like when we smoke weed, we're having an experience, an enjoyable experience. Well, life is an experience. And I think that is a gift in itself, meaning like we have the power to live our lives the way that we want to. Yeah. And I think that society has been convinced that that's not up to us, that we don't have as much control over it as we think we do. And... To me, the purpose is to enjoy life and to help others enjoy their life and to be in a position where I can do that and facilitate that for other people because I think life is tough. It's not, it's not, it's pain and it's hard. And it's, it's, um, if it was easy, everyone would do it. And you have to be thick skinned and you have to be mentally healthy to survive the world. And, but I also think, and I also think that. Um, you got to You people deserve happiness. Fuck yes, everyone does. So I am in the endless pursuit of finding what everyone, what where that is within people, and where where do they find it? And so, um, yeah, that's basically um that's the purpose of all of this.
1: What well, I I love this for two reasons. Tell me. The first one is, um, I've had uh, I've worked really hard to have more empathy in life because mm-hmm. I feel like as a stand-up comedian as a com- as a, as anything it's a lot of being a loner it's a lot yeah. of being alone and then you're on stage alone making sure everyone likes you so that they like you and then you can disappear and not mm-hmm. know any of them and something like weed I remember when I was 16 or so I used to have this little zeppelin and I would always smoke like personal bowls yeah and like dip around the corner get real high and come back and then I realized like oh you're supposed to share this with everyone it's supposed to be a circle and i never knew that and as soon as i did like i'm hearing brand new music that i never heard before i'm laughing with a lot more friends than i never did before and i was like whoa like this is what it's supposed to be it's not supposed to be some secret thing that you love no
0: that's that's what i love about weed too is it really has brought connected me with so many great people And I really want to kind of do the same thing with mental health is just like really connect with really great people and have them, um, you know, share their stories with me and like how they, you know, thrive in this life, (laughs) in this crazy experience called life. And, um, what do you, where, where I'm like, what's the typical, uh, where do you see yourself in five years? What do you where do you hope to be with yourself in five years? It, and this doesn't even have to be a career question. Just like It's crazy
1: because I'm so obsessed with my career. That's immediately yeah. where my fucking head goes. But like
0: perfect. That, that's the answer that I, I want mean, then.
1: I would love a blunt in my mouth in a bathtub overlooking Los Angeles okay. in some huge minimalist house that has... Concrete floors, like loft style. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: you're manifesting. Are you into vision boards?
1: I'm making a new one for my birthday. I make a new one on my birthday every year. Really?
0: Okay, Mm -hmm. so I've made two in the past two years. Has anything on your vision boards come true? Fuck yes. So you believe in the power of positive thought and manifestation and things like that?
1: Yeah. I mean, how how do you know what road to go on unless you say the road you want to be on? True. You got to GPS your life.
0: So when... Okay, so this is my negative thoughts yeah how do you deal with those
1: um that's a really good question oh you know what i do i tell myself i dig to dig to dig in and quit being a little bitch
0: i love that right because sometimes these thoughts will start to creep in and if you don't catch them right away it's almost like an infection it'll just spread and then your whole day is ruined because you just like let it take over your mind and sometimes you need just something like shut up you know yeah quit being a little bitch like
1: <laughs> do you ever like realize did i just say that out loud right and then you're like i did say yeah. that out loud. or like myself. you just like
0: are shaking your head because it's like you it's that it's that roommate that doesn't pay rent you know who just lives rent free in your head mm-hmm.
1: that's so funny i've caught people and i know they've caught me like somebody will say something and i will have this trigger in my mind and i will straight up have a physical like shake it off and they're like what just happened yeah. i was like don't worry about it my yeah, head just, just told me something bad. you
0: just got to shake them off yeah um, oh, that's
1: so funny. How do you
0: as someone who is out there in um the public eye as a comedian, as a performer, as someone in the industry, how do you deal with uh negativity at all? Like from uh, like negative people, hate I hate the term haters, but like yeah. how do you deal with that? Uh
1: I like to tell myself I don't I just don't have time for them. Yeah. But I think what it really is is that I want them to like me so much that okay. I I I, I, at first I'm like, oh, I should change because whatever they're saying is definitely true. And then I'm like, what am I talking about? That ain't the right thing.
0: You think you should change? Well, that's that's what what I first think. That's my first thought. I think honestly, like when you get hate, obviously it takes for me, I do want to see their point. Like what if they have something valid worth saying, because sometimes people just, you know, like it doesn't come out the way that they it comes out in anger or hate. Um, So there might be something valuable to it. But for the most part, it's just trash and people who are.
1: Yeah. Usually I, this is so gross, but I do love to engage with them. Like that's my favorite thing because then if I can have a talk with them and humanize them, then we get somewhere that we hopefully didn't expect. And I like to take the time to do that. And sometimes they just want to clap on me and say some bullshit and then go on with their sorry ass lives.
0: Do you like try and get on their side or whatever?
1: I always ask, I always say, oh, what do you mean? Like I always okay. immediately hit him with a question back. Right. And so then I go, what do you mean themselves. by that? Yeah. And now I like put, I put them in their own pocket. And then if we get somewhere great, and if not, I, I feel like You ever like bring him over to your side sometimes? Him. Uh, I've had them apologize. Yeah. I'll take that. That's cool. Yeah. I don't need an apology, but then they'll be like, oh, I had you wrong. My bad. You're all right. I'm yeah. Like, Thanks. I mean- Maybe you approached this the wrong way and maybe you're upset.
0: Right. I mean that's empathy right there, like what you were saying. And w- we live in a different world today where we we're so accessible to like people that normally back in the day we would never hear from, you know, like right. people in the middle of the country or like you know who knows. But um, what uh, do you have? Anything that you want to uh, promote or upcoming? Um, where can people find you on on uh,
1: on, on uh, the interwebs on, on Hinge? yeah i no. really no i'm uh, like what
0: dating apps can people find you on um uh,
1: jewishfarmers.com is that
0: one they should have
1: one they should have one i don't know
0: jewishathletes.com <laughs> there's like two people signed up yeah. the rest are just women waiting to date them
1: <laughs> it's guys in shorts making free throws no, <laughs> no. <laughs> that's it at the 24-hour fitness <laughs> uh-huh. oh god set shots bounce <laughs> pass bounce pass fundamentals
0: that's hilarious.
1: I I will promote sliding scale therapy, no matter what your age is. It's never too uh, early or late to just go talk to someone who does not give a fuck about you and therefore will not hold judgment. So nice. Uh, I will promote Weed and Grub, my podcast with Mary Jane Gibson. She'll be a guest on here sometime yeah. when she gets back in town. Um, we just had our 50th episode. We're about to go on tour, Alaska. Oregon, Vancouver, blah, 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 blah. Ta-
0: so what is Weed and Grub? Tell weed me. and
1: Grub? Oh, it's a podcast about uh, weed, food, sex, pop culture. Love it. We interview dope people. I don't know. It's if you. It's everything you already love. Yeah. So if you fuck with any of those things, you're you going to dig you
0: guys were us. just in the just named-
1: Oh, one of the 10 best cannabis podcasts. Amazing. Yeah.
0: Congratulations.
1: So if you're on the West Coast and you want to come fuck with us, we'll be on tour. Follow it at weedandgrub.com. And I'll promote- um i don't know what else to promote come to glazed fuck with yeah. me whatever
0: what's your where's your instagram
1: my instagram um at elon musk no i'm just like <laughs> <Can you
0: imagine? laughs> i came gr- here for mike glazer <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah.
1: he should come on this show uh
0: one day yeah we'll get him on he, at- this was this was actually the blunt that he smoked on joe rogan's podcast so really yeah same, holy cow. same
1: company that's amazing. Yeah, oh, it's meant to be. Oh,
0: um, shout out to our sponsors, which are Top Tree and Hollywood's Hollywood's Pre Rolled Blunts. So you can find them at um, on Instagram, Hollywoods. Four twenty, and uh, I love them. They're amazing. So much love to them.
1: Hell yeah! This is. I can't wait to hit this. You're gonna.
0: You're. You're gonna love it,
1: especially after a podcast where I feel way too vulnerable oh, and no. i was like i was like yo i need to be funny i'm going
0: need like t- no just be yourself that's the whole theme to this be yourself come as you are um i really as appreciate you, you coming on my podcast find me at wolfie memes and at wolfie comedy and uh yeah
1: so that's it that's that yeah thank you hell yeah everybody